Merry Christmas, friend. I am so proud of you for listening to this podcast today as you are intentionally choosing to fix your heart on Jesus. My hope and prayer are that this study would encourage you and remind you of who he is. The holidays can be crazy and life can be challenging, but when we shift our focus and remember who he is, everything changes. Help me spread this message by sharing it with your friends and family on social media. You can also hit the button to share the episode via text with them. We both know we could all use something that will help us focus more on celebrating that Jesus came instead of getting caught up in the crazy this time of year. This Advent study is brought to you by Online Women's Bible Study. If you want to know God through His Word better, I am giving you a week free to try out being a member at OnlineWomensBibleStudy.com. This is the perfect time to join because we are doing some special things for Advent, including giving the PDF version of the study away to our members. And we have a special Advent series going through the Christmas narrative. Our teachers are Jamie Ivey, Tony Collier, Whitney Caps, MMA Jenkins, and myself with worship from Christine Knuckles. Do not miss this. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a single episode. Now, let's get started with celebrating who he is. Day 11, Comforter by Sarah May. Spend some time in prayer today. Praise God. Repent of sin. Ask for others in yourself. Yield to God today. Then wait and listen. I had to make the decision to stop medical treatment for my mom. She was in the hospital for complications with heart in her with her heart and her liver, and everything was just falling apart. She had stage 3 cirrhosis of the liver due to 20 years of alcohol abuse. She had been sober around 9 years when she, when she ended up in the hospital. She was unable to communicate her needs. The doctors kept telling me to start considering quote-unquote comfort measures. It was agonizing. I finally made the decision to have her taken to a hospice where she would could, was to die in quote-unquote comfort. Once she was there, there didn't seem to be any comfort. She was yelling on and off and moaning, and the hospital sta- hospice staff couldn't get a hold of the doctor to get her pain relief. It felt like a nightmare. After a few hours, they finally gave her something, but throughout the night, she would yell or moan and keep crying and praying and feeling like I was killing her. I kept crying and praying and feeling like I was killing her, agonizing. The next morning, she was still alive, but quiet. More meds, no more moaning. The doctor came in to see her, and I asked him how long it would take for her body to die, and he said that without food or water, it could take up to five to seven days. What? Five to seven days. She was just going to starve to death and I was going to let this happen? Plus, I had to leave the next day to get home to my family who was in Pennsylvania. My mom lived in Florida. She would die alone. Agonizing. I got a call from my in-laws who lived in Pennsylvania, but were providentially in Florida at the same time I was. Their trip to Florida, only four hours from where I was, had been planned for months in advance. They asked if they could come and be with me while I was with my mom. Yes, they came to the hospice and my father-in-law offered to stay with my mom so that my mother-in-law and I could go to my mom's apartment. I honestly don't remember why I wanted to go there, but I did, and so we went. I walked through the apartment and crawled into my mom's bed and just cried. We went back to the hospice and a counselor came to the room and asked if I had questions. I told her I didn't. My mother-in-law said to the counselor, the doctor said that it would take five to seven days for her to die. Is that true? And the counselor said, no. Do you hear the sound in her lungs? 
That's her lungs shutting down. She could die today. Hope. The counselor gave us hope that I could be with my mom as she left this world. My in-laws hugged me goodbye so I could be alone with my mom and they left. Just a few hours later, I could tell she was going to go soon. I pulled a chair to her bed and held her hand, played her music, rubbed her head, and told her it was okay. Her eyes, her eyes stopped moving and her breath got slower. And like a clock winding down, her breath slowed and then stopped. She went into the arms of Jesus, and I got to be there to see her go. I tell you this story because even though it was agonizing, God was present in all of it. And it wasn't just present. He was my comforter in the pain. Read 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4 and know what you learn about comfort. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Note what you learn about comfort below. One of the many reasons God comforts us is that we can comfort others. Question, who in your life could use some comfort today? How could you comfort them? The Bible tells us that God is the Father of mercies and all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction. He does this so we will, in turn, be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort we received from Him. God showed, us, showed up as comforter to me through my in-laws, through hospice counselor, and through his peace, which surpasses all understanding. It was not a coincidence that my in-laws planned a trip to Florida, only four hours from where I was, months before my mom was in the hospital. It wasn't a coincidence that my mother-in-law asked the counselor if it was true that it would take several days for my mom's body to shut down, and for that counselor to have the insight and knowledge to tell us that she could die that day. And it was God in his kindness and mercy that I was able to be with my mom as she died so she wouldn't have to die alone. None of this was chance. All of it was orchestrated by a God who loves us and wants to comfort us in our affliction. I know some of you are reading this and you're thinking, well, things don't always work out like this. You're right. One of the prayers I prayed and begged God to answer was that my mom would know I was there and that she would acknowledge my presence. And yet I was there. And though all the agonizing decision-making and pain and exhaustion, God was with me and he was with her and he brought comfort to us both. The thing is I have missed his comfort if I stayed stuck on the fact that he didn't acknowledge me. I have learned this instead. Open your eyes even in the pain and see that He is with you. Open your eyes even in the exhaustion and see that He is holding you. Open your eyes even in the impossible decisions you have to make and see that He is there in you, the Holy Spirit, our comforter. You are never alone or on your own. And as we receive his comfort and as we learn more and more to the, trust the comforter in us, we will be able to comfort others in their pain. He will comfort through us. What a gift. Read John fourteen sixteen in the New King James Version. John fourteen sixteen in the King James Version. And I pray the Father, and he shall give you another. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. 
Question, how long does Jesus say his gift, his comforter will abide with us? Whatever hard thing you're going through, whatever difficult decision or agonizing situation you're facing, remember, we serve a God who is the father of mercy and comfort, who delights to comfort his children, who delights when we comfort one another. You are never alone and you never suffer alone. Take a moment and write out your own definition for today's attribute of God. God is comforter. Doer of the word. How can you apply what you have learned from the Lord today? Is there anything you should do or stop doing in obedience or faith because of what you've read? Who should you tell? What is something you can share about today? Stop and ask God to show you who to share this with today. Pray over that person or group and ask God for an opportunity and courage to share. And if you share on social media, be sure to use hashtag HeIsAdventStudy and tag at Becky Kaiser. I hope that was encouraging to you. This Advent study was brought to you by Online Women's Bible Study. As a reminder, I'm giving you a week free to try out being a member at OnlineWomensBibleStudy.com. This is the perfect time to join because we are doing some special things for Advent, including giving the PDF version of this study away to all of our members. Plus, we have a special Advent series going through the Christmas narrative. Our teachers are Jamie Ivey, Tony Collier, Whitney Caps, Mimi Jenkins, myself, with worship from Christy Knuckles. Friend, do not miss this. You have nothing to lose with that week trial. I'm so grateful you joined us today. James 1.22 in the ESV says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Or the message translation says it even more bluntly, Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. This podcast is called Hearers and Doers because that's the kind of people we are committing to becoming. Women who choose to not just hear what is true, but actually live it out in our day-to-day lives. I'd love to hear your big takeaways from today's episode. Would you share them? Post them on social media and be sure to tag me at Becky Kaiser, K-I-S-E-R. And if you loved today's episode, don't forget to give it an awesome review because that helps others find the show too. And you can always text the link to friends so they don't miss it either. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day, my friend. Love you so.